0: Welcome to San Diego News Fix, The Backstory, where we tackle important questions about journalism ethics and give you a behind-the-scenes look at our industry and our newsroom. I'm Luis Cruz. In this episode, we're taking a closer look at a couple of recent stories that had a lot of people talking. First, allegations that Padres beat writer Kevin Acey misquoted Padres pitcher Nick Martinez in one of his stories. The other story involves a longtime Del Mar Union school board member who resigned after officials announced he had been arrested in Florida on suspicion of soliciting prostitution. Joining us now to discuss these stories are Union Tribune sports editor, Ryan Finley, managing editor, Laura Cicalo, and we begin with publisher and editor, Jeff Light. Jeff?
1: Okay, excellent. Thank you, Luis. Uh, so this week, uh, we've got a couple of uh, journalism items for our uh, our, uh Journalism textbook, I guess, uh, and let's start with uh, Kevin Nacy and Nick Martinez. And and mm-hmm. and uh, at the outset, I want to make clear Kevin Asey did not misquote Nick Martinez. Uh, which is really goes to uh, the essence of the question today. But Ryan, why don't you just give us the background on the uh, flap over the Nick Martinez quote?
2: Sure. It's it was supposed to be a a great story about Nick Martinez pitching for the United States in the World Baseball Classic. Um, Nick Martinez was added to Team USA's roster when Clayton Kershaw of the Dodgers was unable to get uh, um, insurance coverage for the World Baseball Classic, believe it or not. Uh, For Nick Martinez, it was a very big deal. He was an Olympian, uh, won a gold medal uh, with Team USA, uh, counted his Olympic experiences the best of his life, and was thrilled to join uh, the U.S. World Baseball Classic team. And one of the reasons why is because he is descended from Cuban immigrants. Uh, And he had told Kevin Acey that one of the reasons why it mattered so much to him was that um his family comes from what he said was a socialist country, Cuba. Uh, and that, you know, it mattered to him to represent the United States because of the opportunity that his family received, the opportunity that has allowed him to become a multimillionaire starting pitcher in the big leagues with the San Diego Padres. He tells Kevin Acey this, and Kevin Acey puts this in a in a note that we posted, I want to say it like nine in the morning um on Monday. And by Monday night, a tweet had circulated, which was video of Nick Martinez talking about why he was excited to join the World Baseball Classic team, where he said basically a sentence and a half that sounded almost identical to what he told Kevin, with the exception of the words socialist country. So in there, he says, my family comes from Cuba, and I was able to get more of an opportunity, you know, that thing. And the implication from uh, this Twitter sleuth was that Kevin had inserted the words "socialist country" in instead of the word Cuba. And as things on Twitter do, this thing took on a little bit of a life of its own, to the point where the following morning, Kevin did something that's somewhat unprecedented uh, from a beat writer. He posted the audio of Nick Martinez telling him that. Uh, I think that, you know, it's it's tough. Journalistically, everything we quote is accurate and should be accurate. It's, you know, it's our jobs, right? Had Kevin done anything resembling that, Kevin would have been in big time trouble. Um, but, you know, Kevin felt the need to post that because this thing on Twitter had taken on a life of its own. And of course, within seconds of Kevin posting that, the vast majority of the people who were critical of it uh said oh separate interview understood um there are still some corners of the twitter space that think that the audio was doctored somehow uh, but that's sort of where we're at and you know it's unfortunate i i thought that it was it's unfortunate that it took up so much time and energy uh from kevin when he's supposed to be in peoria covering the padres and delivering great coverage to our readers but i also think that it was important that he got that out there uh you know Just because Uh, one thing, Jeff, and and you guys probably haven't spent as much time in clubhouses as as I have, especially in spring training, athletes answer the same questions a couple of different times from people. You could be talking to somebody about pitching in the World Baseball Classic and a TV camera can come up behind you and catch the back end or the second half of his statement. And then oftentimes the, the TV reporter or radio reporter or whoever will go, I'm sorry, I just walked in. Can you tell me again? about your experience, or there will be a media gaggle where somebody will address something that they've told a reporter one-on-one minutes earlier. Uh, That just happens. That comes with sort of the territory, especially in spring training, where there's more media access than there is at any other time in uh, the baseball season.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was an interesting uh, um, uh, uh, turn of events. And maybe I, not being a sports editor, Uh, have a little different perspective in that, to me, it's perfectly understandable that people would see the video of Nick Martinez and then read Kevin's story that said almost the same thing and think, oh, look, uh, uh, he misquoted him. And by the way, do newspaper reporters get quotes wrong? Of course they do they're human that happens all the time. So I didn't have the same feeling of how dare do people question us. I felt like oh yeah, I could totally see how that would be confusing to people. We should uh we, we should let them know what happened.
2: Well, to me there, I think that there is a leap there that that maybe I as a reader would not make. And it it wouldn't be assuming intent on any of this. You know, I think that where where Twitter can be a, a you know, Twitter's a great thing and Twitter can also be a dangerous place. It, it wasn't. So why is Kevin's quote different from what we see on video? That was not the question. The question was Kevin made it up or, or Kevin inserted it in there because of an agenda. And, you know, Jeff, you and, and Laura and I, we, we all received emails the next day from somebody saying that represented a political agenda. I'm still not sure what political agenda it represents, <laughs> Uh, But, you know, for people to take this leap that, you know, this is yet another sign of whatever, um, you know, to me, that that grows tiresome. Um, You know, Kevin is, as we all know, a a skilled, talented reporter who, you know, obviously would not have done anything like insert the words socialist country for the, the word Cuba in the quote of a grandson of Cuban immigrants.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually I thought when I read it, I mean, Nick Martinez's commentary was political.
2: Yes.
1: And uh yes. and uh in reading the two different things that uh, Martinez said, uh there seemed to be uh, total coherence to what he said. He wasn't he wasn't saying something different no. in the uh in the in the videotaped interview than he said in the tape recorded interview. He used different words, but his meaning sure. was exactly the same. Um so anyway, I I thought all of that was interesting. I also thought a, a little bit uh uh the factors were not just Twitter and people with you know uh, a great need to have others hear their opinions, which uh of, of course I guess there there are always many of them. Um but also the uh the the, the the sort of orchestrated or tightly controlled nature of pro sports coverage, which is part of this, people are accustomed to seeing the manager or the coach or the star brought out for their availability and the media clustering around so that everybody always has the same story. Right. right? And I do think that, you know, any departure from the same story has become a little bit out of the norm. Right.
2: I know, I know. I I can't believe Kevin Acey did what good reporters do, (laughs) which is find people one-on-one and try to get more than what is is shared in the group. That's the thing, Jeff. And, you know, there's two factors here that that I think are important to note for sort of the average reader, people who don't necessarily know how spring training works. Spring training access is great. There's reasons why uh, we at the Union Tribune are there from the day it starts until the day it ends, often with more than one person there. And it's because media access is incredible. Uh, You can walk into the clubhouse in the morning and go essentially talk to anybody who wants to talk to you and ask them uh, all sorts of questions. It's an informal time. Uh, It's a time where you really get to know your sources who are these athletes. Uh, And, you know, as a result, you know, you could go talk to somebody about any topic and then a TV camera could come around and ask them about the same thing. Um, Another thing is In the post-COVID world, as as it pertains to media availability, the year 2023, this baseball season right now, is back to quote-unquote normal, which it wasn't in 2020, 2021, and 2022, which is there is going to be regular, unmasked media access in the clubhouse. There's going to be more access to get one-on-ones with these athletes in the clubhouse. Um, Things became especially controlled during the pandemic, in part because of safety protocols and I think in part because of the advent of Zoom, um, you know, everything that an athlete or a coach says is not only, you know, for one for the group, but it's also being recorded. Um, this is a little bit different uh, and it, it's good. I mean, you get the best stuff, obviously, as a reporter. I'm I'm of the belief um, that, you know, a one on one interview and personal connection with your with your subject is the best way to get the best information. Um, oftentimes, especially with 10 people surrounding you and the TV camera on, um, guys resort to platitudes and cliches. And, uh, one of the things that I find Kevin is just really good at is especially when he has somebody one-on-one like he did with Manny Machado the other day. Um, you know, is Ke- Kevin ha- has a good, a great ability to get information, um, out of, uh, out of these athletes who he covers every day.
1: Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, a terrific story by Kevin, uh, one of many and, uh, uh, thank you for your perspective as well, Ryan. That mm-hmm. was really good. Okay, Laura, let's turn to the second half of uh, uh, today's textbook. And this is about uh, uh, determining where to play a story. So in this case, we had a, uh, a Del Mar school board member arrested in a uh, a post-Super Bowl sweep uh, uh of, uh, um, prostitution and, or human trafficking, I guess, both things. Um, and we were left to decide, okay, what do we do with that story? So why don't you just give us, uh, uh, the basic facts. What what did we know and what were the questions in your mind?
3: Well, we, we knew about the sweep and I should point out this, this occurred in Florida. so we came to know it because the uh, law enforcement authorities in Florida had a big press conference where they talked about this uh, operation that they had had over several days and i think they ended up arresting more than 200 people in this in this big sweep and in the course of that press conference um i believe it was the sheriff of Polk County who took time to highlight uh the Del Mar school board members arrest and and to talk about the fact that there was uh, you know a public official as part of this uh, group that they had rounded up so we knew that we knew he was arrested uh later in the day he resigned his position with the Del Mar School Board. And so by the evening, we, we knew that as well. But among the things that we were discussing that night was the issues of the prominence of the individual and the seriousness of the charge. And as you will recall, we did, you know, some mental calculations of if it were you know, a different person in a different public position? How would we think about it? If it was a different charge? How would we think about it? Um, and I, I thought it was a really good discussion. Again, one of those that, you know, most people will never see or hear. Um, but an, an important discussion to to have to talk about how do we think about what we put on the front page? And You know, again, one of the considerations was this this was an arrest on suspicion of soliciting prostitution. This is not uh, the adjudication. This is not the sentencing. It was an arrest.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was a fascinating conversation. And I think uh, uh, we are the key things that we talked about were the prominence of the person and the severity of the crime. So, the prominence of the person, a Del Mar school board member, uh, uh, and as we went through the hypotheticals, I guess that's less prominent than uh, the mayor of San Diego. If the mayor were arrested on a misdemeanor, that would probably be a front page story. Um, uh, And uh, by virtue of the size of the city, less prominent than a San Diego City Council person, right, and as a school board member somehow less prominent than a city council member on in our conversation, if I recall, although I'm not sure I can really justify that uh, that hierarchy,
3: right, right. Although I will say being a school board member that also had you know other it brought in other considerations and and one of the things that the sheriff pointed out in this press conference when he was holding him up as an example was talking about you know here is somebody who is supposed to be protecting our children and you know he's arrested in this in this sweep we also talked about the fact that this sweep included victims of human trafficking and it it was unclear and i think it's still a little unclear you know who who was soliciting whom and you know not all of the victims that they talked with as part of this sweep did they identify as human trafficking victims and there was no clear indication that the people who were arrested for solicitation had any knowledge or Uh, context about, you know, the the victims being trafficked. So that that was a little bit of the discussion as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think uh, if we did know more about uh, uh, the circumstances of his arrest, certainly there could have been details that elevated that. uh, Right to the front page so in the end the decision was to put that on the local news cover and right. um uh i think uh it probably is one that we will return to now as a benchmark as we try to figure out other people and how their uh indiscretions should be played um so anyway i thought that a pretty interesting uh little uh, lesson in journalism ethics trying to de- to decide the right uh the right uh, level of infamy for this kind of crime. And well, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. I'm not sure I agree that the fact that it was just an arrest uh, played a role, because I think the arrest of, you know, different sorts of figures for different sorts of crimes, really, that was the question, right? How high up the ladder would we place that? Yes,
3: although I think one of the things that that we also have to consider, and I think we're more cognizant of this now than we used to be, is if we prominently play an arrest, mm-hmm. are we going to prominently play every other step in that in that process? So if if the adjudication is this person is found innocent, are we going to play that in the same way? And I think as we, you know, we go back and look through our history at how we've played some of these um stories about crimes, particularly misdemeanors. That's been one of the things that we've had to to look at is how, how we have then played the final step in that process.
1: Yeah, actually, point well taken and in researching searching for more information on this case, I did run across uh, some reporting uh, in Florida about the eventual outcomes of these types of sweeps and the number of guilty uh, guilty verdicts t- as charged were pretty small in a couple of the cases. So we definitely will need to keep our eyes on this one. Okay, uh, I think that's it for today. Very interesting uh, cases, both
0: of them. Thank you very much, Louise. Thank you very much, Jeff. Thank you, Laura and Ryan. That does it for this edition of The Backstory. For everyone at the San Diego Union-Tribune, thank you very much for listening and for supporting local journalism. Have a great day, everybody.